John chapter 14, I'll read from verse 15 down to 20. John chapter 14, from verse 15 down to 20. We're starting a new teaching series this morning, The Game Changer. A teaching series on the Holy Spirit. And this morning I start with this first teaching, Encounter the Game Changer. Can you help me tell your neighbor, it's time to encounter the Game Changer. Say to, say to somebody else, it's time to encounter the Game Changer. John 14, verse 15 down to 20, it says, If you love me, keep my commandment, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. The spirit of truth, verse 17, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And a little while longer, the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I leave. You will leave also. And he says, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Glory be to Jesus. One more reading this morning, John 16, I read verse 5, 6, and 7, still talking about the game changer, still talking about what Christ has to say about the Holy Spirit. John 16, from verse 5 to 7, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper. Somebody say helper. helper. Or look at your neighbor for me. Say your helper. It says the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to encounter the game changer, the helper, and to cultivate a relationship with him. And to remember that a Christian life becomes a miserable adventure without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So many people today claim to be saved, born again. You, you, you have Jesus in your heart, but you have zero relationship with the Holy Spirit. So your Christian life is a miserable adventure without a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, many people shy away from, you know, what is conspicuous, what is, which is the fact that uh, the, the, the Christian life is supposed to, lead, to be lived as a supernatural experience. And we live in a time where people are beginning to second-guess the supernatural and second-guess the existence of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do in the life of a believer. So as a Christian, when you find yourself consistently uh, living from one issue to the other, instead of enjoying the help of God or the help that God has provided for you, it may mean that you have neglected the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going, but I will send you a helper. I will send you a comforter. I will send you a helper. I will send you a comforter. It means that uh, what you are going to get 
will be better than whatever I can do if I'm with you. It's going to be better than what you can get. He said, I will not leave you as orphans or helpless or, or without help or without, you know, uh, uh, direction. I, I, I take interest in how your life will turn out. I have a call over your life. I have an assignment for you. And I'm going to provide the tools and the enabling environment for this to be able to happen in your life. And the number one way I want to do that is to connect you with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is not going to be limited by time and space like I was limited. Jesus could only move from Jerusalem to Capernaum to this to that. And you, you, I mean, I'm going to get into it a bit. You remember in, in John 11, the, the, the death of Lazarus, when G Jesus showed up, the first thing Martha said, the Bible says when Martha heard that he, he, you know, he was uh, close by, uh, John 11, maybe verse 20 or so, he says, Martha went out to meet him and said, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have been dead. Yeah, if you have been here earlier, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. It meant that at the time Jesus was around, he was limited by space, he was limited by time. He could only be at a place at a time. Yeah. But he said, the helper that I'm sending to you, the Holy Spirit, will not be limited by space, will not be limited by time, will not be limited by, by anything. He... he he will be with you and he will be in you. And he will be his carrier. So wherever you show up is there. So when Jesus said, I'm with you to the end of the age, he was talking about him being present with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Are you still here this morning? I said, are you still here? So it's important that we understand that God wants us to pay attention to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So why do we make the wrong choices when help is available? It's a big question for this morning. Why do we make the wrong choices when help is available? When help is available. What is distracting you from absolute surrender to the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Whatever distracts a believer from being able to adequately connect, absolutely rely upon the Holy Spirit is a distraction. And it's a major one at that. And we live, I mean, these, these days we have loads of distraction. Many Christians are completely distracted from even seeking the help that Jesus promised us. The critical inhibition to enjoying God's best is the inability to accept the supernatural or the friendship of the Holy Spirit. That's the critical inhibition. The moment you want to rely on your mind, your brain, which is not bad, it's just that there are certain compartments of life where brain is not needed. <laughs> what is needed is to switch to the supernatural. If not, you will lag behind. Yeah. Intellect is good to operate in this world, but there are certain aspects of life where intellect is, is not relevant. Can I say that one more time? Because I think that is, a, 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 you know, maybe harassing somebody's mind. The pastor, he said we should suspend our brain. I said yes, in certain instances, not all the time. Yeah, in certain instances. How do we explain the calling forth of Lazarus, except you don't believe that miracles are possible? There's no intellectual explanation for that. Yeah. There's no intellectual explanation for water to be turned to wine. I read engineering. I'm a scientist. You deal with chemical composition. Water is H2O. 
all right? How H2O will be turned to a different compound with color, with taste. There's no intellectual explanation for that. You just need to believe that there are realms in this world and there's the realm of the natural and yet there's the realm of the supernatural. And I cannot maximize my Christian experience until I believe in the realm that is above the natural. We call it the supernatural. Yeah. That's why it's called supernatural. It's beyond the natural. You cannot maximize your relationship with Jesus. You cannot maximize Jesus being your Lord and Savior except you believe in something that is super than the natural. Are you still with me this morning? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, Tarry here in Jerusalem. He said, Until you be endued with power from on high, then you will be an effective witness to me. In Jerusalem, in Judea, and the uttermost part of the house, it meant that this work of being an effective witness of Christ cannot be done with natural ability only. Yeah, that's why I said, it's not going to be possible without you embracing the supernatural and allowing me to do some of the things that only I can do. Are you still here this morning? And when we, you know, run our lives as if everything will just be natural, we'll get only natural results and what only man can do. So we get to some point in business, you're having a headache. That headache is a signal to you that at this point, the work of your brain has finished. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You try to crack it, you try to crack it, it has not cracked. Yeah. You know the truth? Many of us wait until that time, and sometimes that time is too late. Yeah. It's supposed to be an ongoing, daily adventure, walking with the Spirit. Yeah. Walking with the Spirit. That case is like somebody who, who you don't take care of your health, you don't exercise, you don't do anything, until there's a pain. That's when you run to do something. At that point, they may tell you that pain is a signal to something that has been going bad for a long time and now it's difficult to reverse it. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Some people wait until the business has crashed. Then you start unnecessary night vigil. When if you walk with the Holy Spirit, the helper appointed for you by Jesus Christ to help you through your journey of life, things will never have gone to that level. Because sometimes we we'll wait until we get into irreparable damages. Yeah. But God has a way of turning everything out to our good anyway. So it's never too late to turn to him. I'm just saying that we, we, need, to, we need to work with God in steps. Yeah. And not, not, not break the rhythm. That's, that's actually the real way to walk with the Holy Spirit. Glory be to Jesus. Isaiah chapter 35 from verse 3 to 7, one of the Messianic prophecies uh, of Isaiah, uh, it was describing the, the outbreak of the supernatural here. Isaiah 35 from verse 3 to 7 says, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful, Be strong, do not afraid. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb 
sin. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness. I mean, Isaiah was prophesying things that, uh, this is supernatural stuff, you know. In the days of Isaiah, when he was saying all this, some people may just think that this guy is high. You understand? You know, there are some things you say, people just think, you're not okay. <laughs> That's why Paul was writing Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 18. He said, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. He said, but be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, because when you are filled with the Spirit, you, you, you will see things, you will manifest, you will say things. You will say things and see things that are out of the ordinary. You will shift in frequency to the realm of the spirit. You know, some people are still looking at me strange this morning. And I understand. We're on a journey. Just, just make sure you, you're in church this June. Because by the time this month ends, and we end it with the Accelerate Conference, the 1st of July, you understand? Something will have radically shifted in your mind. Uh, see the Amen. Now, 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 just because of this response, I just want to ask somebody, how do you want to prove that God is in your life? That's my question this morning. How do you want to prove that God is in your life? If we are this disappointed, you know some people are listening to me this morning, what you are going through has consumed you so much, they're just showing up in church so that they won't think you are backsliding. It's not really like you still believe the word of God that strongly or that something serious is still going to happen this year. <laughs> what I'm saying this morning is that if you have been held down by a habit, if you have been held down by depression, if the effect of the things that happen in your life in time pass, I mean, somebody sitting down this morning listening to me, you're still suffering from the sexual abuse that you encountered as a teenager or in your early 20s. It still breaks your heart right now. Somebody just lost a relationship or maybe you, you, you suffered a divorce five years ago and up till now, the pain is still heavy in your heart. You know the reason why all that is happening? Because you refuse to embrace the ministry of your helper. When the helper is given the right of way, healing doesn't take that long. Yeah, it doesn't take that long. It doesn't take that long. It doesn't take that long. The Holy Spirit specializes in, you know, making the supernatural a regular occurrence in our lives. That's, that's what it does. Specializes in making the supernatural a regular occurrence in our lives. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So things happen every day that defy human explanation. They happen by the Spirit. They happen by the Spirit. They happen by the Spirit. My encouragement today is that you stop second-guessing the expressions of the supernatural. Stop being a skeptic. It's time to plug into the supernatural. I wanted to hear me tap your neighbor and say, stop being a skeptic. God wants to do something great in your life. God wants to use you in a different dimension. He wants to take the limits off your life. Glory be to Jesus. So by way of introduction, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's the executive arm of God. He's the one, he's the chief executive officer. Yeah. 
From the beginning, the story of creation, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep, Genesis 1 and 1. And he said in, in, in verse 2, the spirit of God, uh, and the heart was without form and void, verse 2, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Yeah. The movement that we saw there was the spirit moving. And when the spirit was moving, then God said, God said, the spirit activates the promises of God over our lives. Yeah. It's the chief activator of divine intent. It's the one that activates divine intent, divine intentions over our lives. Yeah. When you read the word of God, you see the divine intent, the divine, you know, uh, intentions of God over your life. You see the way things are supposed to be over your life and it takes the Holy Spirit to activate that, to activate that. And that's why Jesus introduced his ministry in a very compelling way. Very compelling way. He said, this spirit of truth in John 14, he said, the world cannot receive him. So if you are struggling to receive him, maybe you are too much in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe your focus is too much in the world and worldly principles and worldly everything because it's difficult. A carnal man cannot understand the things of the spirit. Yeah. Carnal man cannot understand the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned. Yeah. A lot of the time you, you waste your time trying to or explain the things of the spirit to your colleague at work who is a carnal man. What does it mean to be carnal? It means to be ruled by five senses only, to be fleshly, to be ruled by five senses only, and to be limited by the understanding of the things within the scope of the five senses. That's what it means to be carnal. Yeah. And when you sit with such people over lunch or over breakfast, over tea, and you're arguing with them, you're just wasting your time. Yeah. Because they will tell you what was in the news. They will tell you what they read in Time Magazine and what they, what they saw, you know, on the major cable networks. They will tell you what is going on and they will put everything together and it's at that realm. And that's where it stops. Because they have no inspiration from the realm of glory. I hope you understand what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. When you open up to the Holy Spirit, you start to receive inspiration and signals from a realm that is above that realm. And when you have submitted your life to Jesus, you know, your spirit has opened up for that kind of influence. People who are not open to that kind of influence, a waste of your time arguing with them about the works of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible, Jesus said here, said they, they, they cannot receive it. They don't know him. Yeah. He said, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The reason why he said will be in you was that the time... Jesus was saying that the Holy Ghost has not been released. And the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost was released. Then, if we're writing this now, we will say, for he dwells with me, and he is in me. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Yeah, because an event happened after now that caused the release of the Holy Spirit to indwell everyone who will come into Christ. So if you are in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells you. He is in you. And he's your helper. He is your helper. Jesus prioritized the coming of the Holy Spirit over his remaining on earth. I emphasized that earlier. Knowing that, you know, when he was here, though he was the fullness of Godhead bodily, he was the fullness of the divine expression, yet he was limited by space and time. But the Holy Spirit operates in a different dimension. He's not limited by space and time. Whether I am in the bathroom, 
or in the boardroom, yeah, or in the bus. When I call him, he's there because I carry him. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah, because I carry him. In the days of Jesus, they had to wait for him to come. But right now, wherever you are, the Holy Ghost is there with you. Yeah, and all you need to do is to open up to him. and Let him know what is going on. So he's the prize Jesus uh, desperately wanted us to have. Jesus postured the Holy Spirit as something that is better than him. Yeah. He said, I will send you another comforter. The Holy Spirit helps us to experience the power and the presence of God in our current generation. Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. Uh, the, 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 the word comforter there in the original Greek, which the Bible was originally written, is the word paraclete or parakletos. And when Jesus said, I will send you another comforter, he was saying another comforter of the same type. The same type. So, uh, um, if I was a man, I'm not sending you a dog to guide you. No. It's another comforter of the same type. Yeah. Another comforter of the same type. It's called Alos Paracletos. Another comforter of the same type. That will operate at the same level. That's what I'm sending to you. Send you another comforter. Helper. Advocate. That's another word used for the Holy Spirit. The description. When you just interpret, just break that word down. Paracletos. It means helper. It means advocate. It means if I have a case in court, what do I do? I get an advocate. Am I saying the truth? And if I have no money, I get a senior advocate. Yeah. What about if you get a senior, 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 most senior advocate? <laughs> yeah. And he argues your case in the spirit. And when a case is settled in the spirit, it is settled. Are you still with me today? Yeah? It is settled. Romans 8 and 20 says, For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit helps our infirmity. You see that word there again. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. It, it, you know, it makes the word intercession is somebody who stands in between you and the adversary or the judge. It's the same word, advocacy or advocate. Yeah. The intercessor, the one who stands in between. So the Bible says, even in the place of prayer, we need the help of the Holy Spirit to be the, the standby, the one who stands in between, the advocate, the one who solicits for us and who advocates for us. It's called the intercessor. And it's also called the teacher because it teaches us all things. And that's what Jesus said. He said, it will teach you all things. Teach you all things. John 15, when you read from verse 26 and 27, it said, but when the helper comes, John 15, please put that up for me. John 15, verse 26, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He will testify of me. And uh, verse 27 said, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So you will know that this is the Holy Spirit. As people ask questions, well, how do you know the Holy Spirit is leading you? We we'll deal with that on another day, but all I want to say just uh, in a nutshell now is that there are certain things the devil cannot tell you. Yeah, and you know, that's why Jesus said you will know because you have been with me. You know my nature. Yeah. <laughs> so when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you know this is, this is, 
This is the Holy Spirit. When, when uh, the Holy Spirit is telling you in your heart, forgive or say something nice to that person, can the devil tell you to be nice? <laughs> yeah. Is the devil nice? <laughs> if he's ever nice, it's because he wants to collect something. His assignment, John uh, uh, 10, 10 said he has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. When you see that job description, can a nice person take up that job description? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yeah. A nice person cannot take that job. If, if you are an HR person and they say, I have somebody that will steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And, and somebody shows up at the interview and smiles. Say, you are not okay for the job. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, the person can come smiling, but you know that that smile is just here. It's not from here. Because he's looking for something to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The discerning person is the one who looks beyond the smile to say, well, what kind of person is this? I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, don't get me wrong. I'm saying that the devil, when he's nice, is fake nice. When the Holy Spirit is telling you to be nice and it's niceness from the heart, it cannot be the devil. Yeah. I'm just saying in a simple way, we're going to you know, dwell on it at another time. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to take you out of every form of hardship. When Jesus told his disciples, I will send you help or helper or comforter. What should that suggest to us ordinarily? It means that I will go through certain situations that I will need comfort. Yeah. From the words of Christ, we have taken our cue and our suggestion that this Christian adventure may not be palatable. That life itself will throw some curveballs to us sometimes. Yeah. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, I mean, why if everything is going to be rosy, why should I promise you help? It's because I know you will need help. Now, when you get to the point where you need help and you neglect the help, you're on your own. But the only thing is that you won't have a testimony. You won't be an effective witness. You will not be able to represent Christ effectively. Because in your neighborhood, they will say, if Jesus is like this in your life, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Your colleague at work will say, ah, if you're Jesus with all your Bible you are reading, you are still coming to work crying every day. And you say, I should give my life to Christ. I would rather give my life to somebody else. I hope you understand what I'm saying. If you, all your projects fail, eh, the last three years, appraiser, appraiser, your own appraiser has been negative, negative, negative. You need help. And the Holy Ghost is that helper. Say amen, somebody. Yeah. The Holy Ghost is that helper. You can't carry the helper that Jesus appointed to you and be failing in life. You can't carry the helper that Jesus appointed to you and your marriage will be crumbling. It's time to embrace the ministry of the helper. Glory be to Jesus. Jesus never promised that we will not encounter hard times. Rather, he promised a helper that will strengthen us. A helper that will strengthen us. That's what he promised us. A helper that will strengthen us. Yeah. Can you let me tap your neighbor and tell your neighbor you need strength? Helper is the one that will strengthen us. Whether at home, at work, you know, in family relationship, in professional relation, we need the helper, the strengthener. Yeah. As I'm speaking here this morning, I recognize the fact that we are all at different phases of our lives. Somebody listening to me this morning just started a business. 
You may never have started a business before or started anything before in your life. Or maybe you started something before, but this one is a different level. Yet, you think that just by, with your mind and your brain alone, you'll be able to resolve everything. It's not going to work that way. Yeah. You are neglecting the benefits of salvation if you, if you behave like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a need for us to develop capacity to, you know, grow in capacity, go back to school, you know, take courses, you know, and all that. But at the end of the day, our life does not, you know, end in the natural. It is a supernatural existence. Yeah. A supernatural existence. And except we allow the Holy Spirit to add that super to our natural, we may not be able to live in triumph and consistent victory. So what hardship are you facing? Economic downturn, depression, bereavement, breakdown of relationships, loneliness, or involuntary singleness? Well, is that funny? I'm not playing with words. It's just that's the way it is. Some people don't want to be single, but involuntarily they're single. That's what I'm saying. Either because somebody walked out or because nobody's coming. Yeah. You need the helper in that situation. That's what I'm talking about. There's a need for the helper in that situation. We don't take it for granted that something has remained that way and we look away. Somebody say with me, unemployment, two years, you're still blaming the person that recommended that you should be released. No. Stop blaming that person. Focus on your helper. Are you still with me today? Yeah. The company laid people off and the company has folded up. Even the, starter, the people who started the company, they have moved on. So you two move on and your helper is the Holy Ghost. Can I speak to somebody here this morning by the Holy Ghost? First Kings chapter 17. Elijah was at the brook chariot. God said to him, I think verse 3 or 4 there, he said, I have commanded a raven to feed you there. Now, this is how the, the ministry of the helper works. So, what happens? The brook was there. Water was coming out of the brook. The raven, God will, the angels will drop food. The raven will pick it up and bring it to Elijah. Elijah will eat and drink water from the brook. And at a point, the brook dried up. Yeah. The Bible says in verse 7, that it happened after a while that the brook dried up and there had been no rain in the land. Then, what happened? The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belonged to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow, an unlikely source of provision, a widow who's supposed to need help. I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, this is what happens in many people's life, and I'm saying this by the Spirit, it's not in my note. Please listen. If this is for you, please listen very well. When the brook dries up, and you lack a relationship with the Holy Spirit, who is your helper, who even helps you to pray, you will be praying that the brook should come up when your location has been transferred to a different place. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? When God has already made provision in Zarephath, yeah, by an unlikely source, 
This is how the ministry of the helper comes in. Many people are praying for the brook to bring water. According to the time of life, that brook will be dry. Because that's how God has ordained it for that time. But because he will not leave us without help, when you are in tune with the Holy Ghost, who is your helper, you will hear a word saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. I have commanded a widow there to feed you. That's how it works. So you see that it's possible to be a prophet, not just a believer, a prophet and be stranded. Yeah, it's possible. To be a prophet and be stranded. It's possible to be speaking in tongues and be stranded. If you're speaking in tongues, it's not connecting you with the helper. Yeah. Because some people just speak in tongues as a spiritual exercise. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, it must be connecting you with your helper. Yeah. It has to be by the Holy Ghost. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. It has to be something is opening up for you to embrace this relationship and be led and be directed with the oil of joy, the Holy Ghost himself coming from your within. Yeah. Because you can't be consistently gloomy, near depression, and expect that the Holy Ghost will move in your life. You need to trust him to help you to break that depression first and foremost. And then you see many other things just coming in. This is practical Christianity. This is not religion. Somebody hearing me this morning. Yeah? So whatever it is, whatever it is that we're going through right now, Jesus knew we would need strengthening. Yeah, he knew we would need strengthening. In Acts chapter 4, as I start to round up, Acts chapter 4, uh, when you read from verse 23, when the disciples of Christ, who understood what I'm trying to teach this morning, when they were threatening, the Bible says in verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Verse 24, so when they had that, they raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the seas and all that is in it. Who by your mouth, the mouth of your servant David have said in the Psalms, why did the nations rage and the people imagine or people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took counsel together, uh, stand together and rulers gathered together against the Lord and his anointed. For truly, against your holy servant Jesus Christ, whom you anointed both uh, Herod, Pontius, Pilate, which the, uh, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered to do whatever they, your hand and your purpose determined before them. But this is where I'm going. Verse 29. says, Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant your servant that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your, your, your hand to heal and the signs may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And the Bible says that when they had prayed, the place where they had assembled was shaking. Now, the kind of prayer they prayed, that's what I wanted to bring out of here. When you are harassed and you lack knowledge, you pray the wrong prayers. Look at the kind of prayer they prayed. They did not bind the devil. They did not speak against the enemy. And all that is not wrong. You can bind the devil. But what I'm saying was that they prayed out of the standpoint of understanding of their relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. All they prayed is, God, give your servant boldness. You, you said the Holy Spirit will strengthen us. Let him strengthen us. And let you show by stretching forth your hand to heal, you know, and all that. Give the expressions of the Spirit 
bring boldness to us. Yeah. Bring boldness to us. Because we know when the enemy says greater boldness and higher dimensions of the supernatural, you know, they will be subdued. Yeah. They didn't waste their time at all. They prayed for boldness. They prayed that the hand of the Spirit will move. That's why, you see, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, when you read from verse 8 and 9, the writer of 2 Corinthians, Apostle Paul was writing, he said, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. So he said we are perplexed, but we are not going to give way to depression. No. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, so it's not like we don't fall. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. <laughs> Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made, uh, be seen in our own bodies. What Paul was saying was that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we stand through hell and high waters and we're there, just standing. We're there. We're there because we're receiving help from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In all situations, we're receiving help from the Holy Spirit. Don't let your disappointments color your worldview and deprive you of God's promises. Yeah. Because sometimes we suffer so much disappointment, we'll forget the helper. And it colors everything. You know some people, you just have to sit with them for five minutes, you know where they, where they have been. Yeah. And you know that this, one's, this, this person is far from inspiration or revelation knowledge. Yeah. Something has colored their perspective so much, it's difficult to get revelation. That revelation that cannot be breakthrough. Are you still with me today? The Holy Ghost is the one that gives us revelation, not of things of the past, but things of the future, and shows us the things that God is about to do in our lives. So don't let disappointment color your, your worldview and deprive you of God's promises. So sometimes God calms the storm for you by the help of the Holy Spirit. We saw that in the life of Jesus. Another time, it calms you through the storm. Yeah, it just calms you through the storm. So you're persecuted, but yet not in despair. Struck down, but not destroyed. Yeah. God just coming you through the storm. But it comes when you connect vitally with the Holy Ghost. Say amen, somebody. Or say better amen, somebody. So Jesus knew that we would need comfort. Yeah. He knew that we would need comfort. He knew that we would need comfort. He knew that we would need comfort. Let me, let me wrap this all up this morning by encouraging somebody. The time is up by encouraging somebody to open up to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In John 11, finally, in John 11, when Lazarus had been confirmed dead, when Jesus showed up, and in verse 21, 22, Martha was saying, if he had been here earlier, my brother would not have died. Jesus explained to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Said, your brother, though he is dead, he will rise again. And all that, but you see, at some point, all that conversation got to a head, and Jesus just gave a simple instruction. Show me where you have laid him. Yeah. And I feel the Holy Spirit is telling somebody here this morning, you want a relationship with me? Show me where you have laid that thing that you think is dead. Show me where you have laid that emotion. Show me the root of that depression. Show me. That, that pain that has refused to go, 
Show me that bodily pain, that emotional pain. Show me that unforgiveness. Show me, show me where you have laid it. Yeah. You know the issue? A lot of the time, we find it difficult to connect with the ministry of the Holy Spirit because we are not listening to the instruction. Uh, in, in verse 38 or so there, Jesus said, take away the stone. You know what, what they said? Uh, they said, Master, that has been dead four days. There will be a stench. <laughs> you know, many people don't want to reveal the pain to the Holy Spirit because you feel this one has been putrefied. It, there will be a, a stench. There will be, you know, uh, no, no, let me just stay with it. Let me just, you know, this abusive relationship, let me just stay there. It's okay. And we're saying, let the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, roll away the stone. You know, if I was Jesus, I would not tell them to roll away the stone. You know what I would do? Because I have a lot of power. I will blast the stone in slow motion. <laughs> so that you will not be in doubt how the stone was blasted in fall. Slow motion. You <laughs> see the power of God. And you see, that's how some of us are living today. But Jesus said, you do what you can do. So I will do what only I can do. Somebody is sitting there saying, if God is God, he should know that my husband is a coconut egg, he's disturbing my life. I will walk out of this marriage. And God says, allow the Holy Spirit to get into that situation. You roll away the stone. For you rolling away the stone, maybe spending more time with, it, with God, maybe becoming, in spite of the pain, becoming a little nicer to that spouse. Yeah, that's how we roll away the stone. So that when the Holy Ghost shows up, iniquity will not be found in your heart. Bitterness will not be found in your heart. Because you, you are counting in all joy. Even though you go through hell and high water in that office, you are blessing the boss, you are not cursing the boss. It's dirty spirituality that tells you to curse your boss. That's not, that's religion. That's not, that's, that's not New Testament Christianity. You're blessing the boss. That's how we roll away the stone so that the Holy Spirit can come and have access to that which is dead. Yeah. We do what we can do as we expose the situations to the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Somebody's listening to me this morning. Maybe you were raped as a teenager or something and, you know, I don't care who the person is or what height the person has obtained in life right now. If all you still do in your heart is to wish the person would just die or something will happen or they will carry the children of that person and go and kill them, you know, and all that. And, you know, the thing is still disturbing you. God is telling you, roll away the stone. I don't care about the stench. You know when they rolled away the stone, somebody who has been dead for four days, there was no stench. Or did you read there that people were running away because the place up, the place was smelling? No. They rolled away the stone. God has already taken care of the stench. Yeah. When you roll away the stone, God has taken care. Some, somebody here, you think where you have been and what you have done, if we roll away the stone, it will make all the blogs. <laughs> and God is saying, I can turn it around for you. You know there are situations, terrible situations, that when God sets in, he doesn't even get out. Yeah. It doesn't even get to the media. It doesn't even get anywhere. Because God is at work there. Yeah. 
They won't hear in your office because you think they will hear in your office and sack you. That's why you have not opened your heart. Confess your fault one to another that you may be healed. And if they hear, then that means God has provided another job for you. Rather than living in fear, in pain, in, in, you know, in tumor, in, in, you know, you can't sleep. Allow the Holy Ghost to come in. Yeah, allow the Holy Ghost to come in. If it's the fear of somebody walking out of your life, your husband leaving, your wife leaving you, yeah, God has a way of taking care of that. Rather than living in pain and shoving away the Holy Ghost, your helper, open it up to him. Yeah. He will send people into your life that will comfort you. And he also wants to use us to comfort people. That's why he says, confess your fault one to another so that the Holy Ghost can come in. Roll away the stone and let your Lazarus come forth. Lift your two hands to Jesus this morning. Bless the name of Jesus all over this place. Holy Spirit, we appreciate your presence in this place. Our helper, our advocate, we celebrate your presence. We celebrate your presence. Wave your hands to him and just tell him, I accept your ministry in my life in a new dimension. I will no longer reject your help in my life. I don't know what, what pain or what thing you want to just allow him to talk this morning or that you want to expose to him this morning. But I encourage you to do so right now as you just, just, just lift your heart to him. Just let him know, Holy Spirit, this is where I've been. This is where I've been. This is where I've been. And this is where I've been far away. This is where I've been. This is what has been happening. And that's where I've been far away. But I know you are my helper. A divinely appointed helper for my destiny. And I yield it all to you this morning. As we start out this series, Holy Spirit, I want to cultivate a new level of relationship with you. I, do, I no longer want to neglect your help in my life. Help in my business. Help in my career. Help at home. I need you, Holy Spirit. 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 You are the helper of my destiny. You are the shepherd of my soul. I yield full control to you here this morning. I yield full control to you here this morning. Full control, full control to you here this morning. 